Welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network, presented by Prize Picks. As we always are, I am Gary and Thorne, and we are talking about and breaking down everything you need to know for Tuesday, April 20th, in the 13-game featured baseball slate over on DraftKings. Do you want to point out that starts at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, not 7 o'clock like usual. So you're going to want to make sure to set those lineups just a little bit earlier. But before we get into the DraftKings side of things, let us talk about prize picks. And as you guys know, if you head over right now to prizepicks.com, use the promo code MMNMLB and get your first deposit matched up to $100 if you have not done so already. Either way. Get some money in there and play these picks on Tuesday's slate. We are going to start with a place I think a lot of people are going to attack. Uh, but you don't have to worry about ownership when it comes to prize picks. That's one of the great things about prize picks. Let's talk about Patrick Corbin. He's looked terrible in his first two starts. The velocity is down. Whether or not you want to blame the weird COVID layoff or the fact that his stuff just looks diminished... He does not look like the same pitcher he was even two or three years ago. And I think it's very justified to try to attack him in as many ways as possible, especially considering right now, it's a small sample, but the St. Louis Cardinals have the best WRC plus of any team in baseball against left-handed pitching at 153. So they've done very well in their limited chances against Southpaws so far in 2021. And you know that starts with two guys. Nolan Arenado, whose, you know, total on prize picks is 8.5. Another guy whose total is 8.5 on prize picks, who I like a little bit more, is Paul Goldschmidt. I know he hasn't been amazing so far this season, but he has hit lefties when he's had the chance, as he's done throughout the entirety of his career. In fact, if you go back to the very start, if you track this guy's entire career, he has an OPS above 1.000 against left-handed pitching and his WRC plus for his career is 166 and it is a huge sample this is just something that Goldschmidt has done whether or not he's been in Arizona whether or not you know he's faced a good lefty or a bad lefty ballpark factors whatever he hits left-handed pitching and right now Patrick Corbin is in a terrible place as I mentioned so I like Paul Goldschmidt to go over eight and a half fantasy points on prize picks. You could also use Nolan Arenado. I wouldn't have a problem with that, but I do like Goldschmidt just a little bit more. Another place I want to attack, Freddie Freeman. The Atlanta Braves are taking on the New York Yankees, the reeling New York Yankees. And a big reason the Yankees have been so bad so far this season, the starting pitching, aside from Garrett Cole, has been incredibly shaky. And someone like Jamison Tyon, who was brought in as it's crazy to say, but like one of the lower risk signings they made this offseason, especially when you look and see how Corey Kluber has been pitching so far. But Tyon has not looked good so far this season. And specifically, left-handed batters have given him a lot of issues. He's only faced 14 because he's only made two starts and he hasn't lasted that long in either. But right now, lefties have a 486 Woba against him. He just, he doesn't look right. He's leaving his fastball up in the zone a lot, and he doesn't have the type of velocity where you can afford to leave it up in the zone that much. Freddie Freeman's been crushing the ball as of late, got off to a little bit of a slow start in 2021, but he's really picked it up the last week, week and a half. So I like Freddie Freeman to stay hot against the struggling tie Eight and a half fantasy points is the over-under on prize picks. I like the over 
in addition to that Paul Goldschmidt over. All right, let's now talk some DFS, and it is a big slate, one of the biggest we have had so far in 2021, 13 games on Tuesday night, and you'll notice right at the top of the pricing list is Corbin Burns. We don't have to talk much about Corbin Burns. He's been absolutely dominant so far this season. People are going to want to use him. However, his ownership is going to be astronomically high because not only has Burns been dominant, not only has he showcased strikeout stuff that few pitchers can match, but the rest of the like high-priced pitching options on this slate are terrible. I mean, the second highest priced pitcher, the only other guy you'd have to pay $10,000 for is Chris Paddock going up against Corbin Burns, so a pretty low win expectancy, and Chris Paddock's looked terrible so far this season, only averaging about 10 DraftKings points per game. Tyon, who we just talked about, is the fourth most expensive pitcher on this slate, so the pricing is still a little weird when it comes to the top end of this slate, and that's only going to push Burns' ownership into... I mean, I want to say 50%, but we could even see 60%. That's how dominant he's been. And I don't necessarily hate that. I'm going to have ownership of Corbin Burns. It's just a matter of how much exposure you want in a GPP. And also, because he's so expensive, where can you save money on a second pitcher or in some stacks? We will get to that in a second because there are three guys in particular I like as mid-range or I would even say bargain basement options on this massive slate. The first guy I want to talk about is someone who burned us last week in our Tuesday video, but I'm going back to the well with Luis Castillo. I know he's looked bad so far this season. I know the Giants barreled him up a lot in that game last week, but the big concern with Luis Castillo, who I should mention is just $6,600, which is an insane price to find someone of the caliber of Luis Castillo, the fastball velocity was the big red flag the first two starts of the season. Specifically, his first start of the year, his average fastball velocity was just 94.8 miles per hour. It was back up to a season-high 96-mile-per-hour average in that game against the Giants. So even though the, the raw stats didn't look great after the fact, the stuff was better. He's still getting swings and misses. 12.7% swinging strike rate through three starts. He's generating chases. His O-swing percentage is 41.4%. That is an elite mark. I, I think at some point, Luis Castillo, who again is crazy cheap, he's going to have a Luis Castillo type game. And I think it could definitely happen against Arizona. I know Arizona's offense is kind of middle of the pack so far this season. They've actually done pretty well considering how people have kind of thought about them, their perception coming into 2021, but they don't have Starling Marte. I mean, we don't know that for sure as of right now, but it doesn't seem like he's ready to come off the IL on Tuesday. There's going to be no Christian Walker. Tim LaCastro just went on the IL as well. They're missing basically the top third of their batting order, and they've had just an 80 WRC plus against right-handed pitching so far this season. So I think Tuesday is the day we finally see the real Luis Castillo and that fastball velocity ticking back up is a very, very positive sign. Two guys who, uh, one cheaper, one a little bit more expensive, who I like a little bit less, but I, I will have some exposure to. Michael Fulmer, not a name I thought I'd be talking about this early in 2021, but the Tigers have turned back to Fulmer in the starting rotation, had a pretty good start his last time out on the 14th. Fulmer is just $5,800, and you know what? Anyone under 6K who can throw 100 pitches and do so with a little bit of strikeout upside if they're going up against the Pirates and they're that cheap, 
they're viable. I mean, the Pirates, again, much like Arizona, have not been terrible so far this season. Middle of the pack in most offensive metrics, but I don't trust that lineup. Nothing in that lineup scares me. There's not a lot of power. Um, and Fulmer, some pretty good stuff so far. 27.3% strikeout rate, a 12% swinging strike rate. It's just 12 innings of work. However, he's been throwing his slider 35% of the time so far in his four appearances, and that is by far a career high. So we have a little bit of a reason to pinpoint as to why he's been generating more swings and misses and getting more strikeouts. We'll see if that continues. I'm willing to take the chance at 5,800. Also, Taiwan Walker, uh, talking a little bit about velocity, he is throwing harder than he's ever thrown through two starts with the Mets. We know he had some great success in 2020, even though the advanced numbers didn't quite like Taiwan Walker as much as uh, the surface stats in 2020, but he's been pitching really well lately. He's healthy. Uh, as I mentioned, he's thrown it harder than he ever has before, has a 29.3% strikeout rate, going up against the Cubs, who have the National League's highest strikeout rate. So at $7,600, he's in a weird range. Like Shohei Otani is right there, but we know Otani is going to be on a pitch count. He might not throw more than 70, 75 pitches. So again, this is a strange slate, but I like Walker's matchup. Uh, and I like the fact that he has been pitching better, uh, and that fastball has been really, really good so far in 2021. Okay, when it comes to stacks, let's stick with that Mets-Cubs game. I love stacking against Jake Arrieta, who actually hasn't been terrible uh, so far this season, but that a lot of that is predicated on the fact he has p- faced the Pirates uh, twice to this point in the season. So that's, that's going to help some things out, uh, especially considering the Pirates aren't exactly stacked with left-handed bats, quality left-handed bats. And that's really the way to get to Jake Arrieta. You go back to the start of 2019, among qualified pitchers, the 377 Woba that Jake Arrieta has allowed opposing left-handed batters to hit. That is the second highest qualified mark in that span of time. Lefties crush this guy. And it's not as if there's a lot of swing and miss stuff in these scenarios either. He has just a 16.1% strikeout rate in that three-year sample, 1.84 home run per nine for opponents, left-handed opponents in that span. This is about 95 innings of work. So we're, we're getting to a reasonable sample size here. There's also so many cheap left-handed bats on the Mets. They've been underwhelming, to be sure, so far this season. But, uh, you know, you've got the obvious guys. You've got Francisco Lindor at $4,700, the switch hitter. Um, Dom Smith comes in at 4,400. So we're already getting to, I don't want to say cheap, but like, you know, the middle tier of the position. And then you've got Jeff McNeil at three, six, Michael Conforto, who who's got a couple multi-hit games in the Mets past couple of games. So he might be turning the corner. He's looked pretty bad so far this year, but he's 3,500 and Brandon Nimmo who can't stop getting on base and is leading off against right-handed pitchers for the Mets. 3,500. He's got to be one of my favorite value plays on Tuesday's slate. More expensive stack, but one that has, you know, a little bit of savings. You can, you can find some guys to throw in there towards the end of it. We talked about the Cardinals. They've mashed left-handed pitching so far this season. I talked about Goldschmidt, who's $5,000. I talked about Arenado, who's $5,000. There are other options on the Cardinals, guys who have hit left-handed pitching very, very well. Uh, namely, I mean, Tommy Edmond, he's leading off, so he's always going to have some value. But Yadier Molina, uh, 4,100, the old man, he's he's hit cleanup for the Cardinals the past week, and that's something you have to take 
into consideration. Uh, 4100 not a terrible price for a catcher. I know people like spending a little bit less sometimes on their catcher, but if you're getting a guy hitting in a premium lineup spot who does have recent, recent good numbers against left-handed pitching, it's not just that he's hit them well in the small sample so far this season. You go back to like 2019, the last full season we have of sample size, Yadier Molina had a 130 WRC plus in that campaign against left-handed pitching. Another guy I like, I mean, like could be a strong word, but someone who I'm looking towards, especially if you need to save some money, if you've got like Arenado and Goldschmidt and Burns in the same lineup and you want to have more exposure to the Cardinals, Austin Dean is $2,600. There's not really a stat I can pull out that suggests he hits lefties exceptionally well, but he's a right-handed bat, and the last time the Cardinals faced a left-handed pitcher, Dean hit sixth. So... Not amazing lineup positioning, but pretty good for someone who is sub $3,000. So Cardinals, Mets, probably my two favorite stacks on this slate without even getting into the Coors Field and, and all that kind of stuff. But both relatively affordable, which is nice considering, again, how much you're going to be spending likely on Corbin Burns. Uh, before we get out of here, as we always do, let us talk about some bets and we are going to stick with that St. Louis-Washington game one more time. Obviously, with how much I dislike Corbin and how much I like St. Louis's offense against a left-handed pitcher, I'm a little bit intrigued by the fact that they're playing, they're paying plus money right now, money line, against Washington on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I would take a look at that. But the bet I feel a little bit more strongly about is the over in this game. Just eight and a half runs. What pitchers have they been watching? When it comes to Patrick Corbin and Adam Wainwright, uh, both these guys could be toast. I was thinking this was going to be nine, nine and a half, maybe even 10. Just minus 120 to go over eight and a half runs in this game between St. Louis and Washington. And there were a ton of runs scored in Monday's game. Not that that's necessarily a precursor of what's going to happen on Tuesday, but both these offenses are pretty hot right now. Like I said, the Cardinals, best team in baseball small sample, against left-handed pitching so far this season. And Adam Wainwright, the big issue he has is left-handed bats. Um, it's plagued him throughout the last half decade. Uh, so far this season, 413 Woba to opposing left-handed hitters. And Washington's got some great left-handed hitters in the top of their lineup. Obviously Juan Soto, we got Kyle Schwarber. Uh, Josh Bell hasn't really turned it on yet, but someone who I do like, generally speaking, as a left-handed bat in the middle of an order. So they have the type of guys who can do damage against someone like Adam Wainwright, who, again, I just don't really trust all that much at this point in his career. And then finally, let's kind of come full circle here. Let's finish up with Corbin Burns, uh, who, you know, he, he's the guy on this slate. He's the person most people are going to be talking about on this slate. Milwaukee first five money line. Uh, it's minus 103. So basically even money uh, to bet this. So far this season, in Burns' starts, it is two wins, no losses, and a push. Uh, and that push was that incredible game against Minnesota where we had dueling no-hitters into the seventh inning. So it's really taken, like, crazy circumstances for this bet to not hit the first three times uh, Corbin Burns has taken the mound so far this season. The numbers are incredible. His first two trips through the opposing batting order so far this season. So 54 plate appearances. Has yet to walk a batter in those first two trips through the lineup. Opponents are hitting 
not a single earned run, and he has a 50% strikeout rate. And I get it. It's three starts. It's hard to necessarily believe in what you're seeing, that that's going to continue to transpire. But if you go back to 2020, he was almost just as good. Obviously, he can't be as good as no earned runs uh, the first two trips through the order. But 1.59 ERA last season, first two trips through. The strikeout rate, again, phenomenal. He's so hard to hit early in a game. I I don't really trust Milwaukee's offense, uh, but I don't trust Chris Paddock either. And uh, even without Christian Yelich, I I think they'll be able to scratch across a run or two, and that's probably all it's going to take for this bet to hit. So again, Milwaukee, first five money line, minus 103. St. Louis at Washington, over eight and a half runs is minus 120, and that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network for Tuesday, April the 20th. I want to thank you guys for watching this video. I am Gary and Thorne, and I'll catch you next time.